this is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Howdy Blues, welcome to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr Johnny Seven here, flying solo today, couldn't catch up with Mark this week. Uh, left it until Saturday, but we couldn't get together in the end. Uh, so recording Saturday morning, match day. Of course, we've got the late kickoff tonight, half five against Middlesbrough, who come to Goodison. So I'll talk a little bit about that later on. So I'm going to start straight off today. I'm going to go straight into the last Monday's game, uh, the visit to Sunderland. So the team lineup: up uh, Balassi was in, Lukaku kept his place, Barkley behind Lukaku, Morales was in there. Uh, Idrissa Gay, Gareth Barry, those two holding midfield roles, and Seamus Coleman straight came straight back in for Mason Holgate. So a little bit of a surprise, although not much really. Just uh, despite the form Holgate, I suppose Coleman is the senior player, so he's first choice. So not that much of a surprise, I guess. Uh, we started off. I want to say okay, but it was a pretty drab first half. So uh, we had. A couple of good chances I think they probably had the best uh, chance first off where the ball kind of ricocheted through to Jermaine Defoe who looked slightly offside but unlike him he wasn't as clinical as he usually is and blast, blasted over uh, but the, the best real chance of the half came to Lukaku who had a great headed opportunity and he, uh, he put it too uh, close to the keeper uh, I think the commentator said he should have headed it down, which uh, possibly, but then he had two other opportunities which we'll talk about where he didn't head it down and uh, pro- proved successful anyway. So he should have buried it anyway, uh, but more to come on that. So pretty drab first off. We go into the break, nil nil. And um, Kuman didn't like what he saw, apparently, because he made the change straight away. Uh, Ross Barkley wasn't uh, great at all. Numerous times he gave the ball away. He wasn't the only one, but he gave the ball away an awful lot. He wasn't really doing uh, doing much to impact the game at all in our favour. So uh, he was t- taken off, and Delafeu came on. So we came out, and straight away it looked like we had a little bit more about us. I think. Uh, you know, we, we started to go at them a little bit more, a little bit more direct, uh, running at them more, out of the wings, back in more. It was just we just looked a little bit more fluid. I think sometimes the the problem with uh, with Avon Ross in that uh, we, we, we kind of look look to him to kind of create something, and sometimes he will try, he'll try and do something spectacular, and sometimes he'll just kind of dither on the ball a little bit and then. Uh, pop it back off to Gareth Barry so um, I think there's a lot of pressure on him in that sense whereas when he's not on there I think it's kind of distributed amongst the amongst the flair players so to speak so Blassie came on into the game um, and they were trying to get it up to Lukaku and into Lukaku a little bit earlier so and ultimately uh, it came off uh, we ended up taking the lead a cross from an unlikely source really uh, I thought 
when uh, Gay picked up the ball on the uh, right-hand edge of the Sunderland penalty area. I think he had Coleman going on the overlap. I thought he was going to lay him in. But instead, he picked out his own cross uh, from a, 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 a strange angle, but whipped in to perfection and found Lukaku, who uh, managed to finish this time. So, Blues go 1-0 up. Uh, Lukaku had a number of chances he could have uh, you know he had a few where he, he was played in but it's back to the goal and he, he managed to turn a couple of times one time he rattled one off the crossbar a couple of other opportunities where he, um, he he forced a save out of the keeper so all in all he could have had six in the night but after this first he was uh, he was had one on a plate again as I put on our Facebook great wing play from Yannick Balassi this time, rather than whipping it in from deep, he uh, he runs to the byline, uh, skins the defender, and pops one to the back post, uh, where Lukaku's on his own, and from four yards out, manages to get his second. So, the Blues are flying. I think this is where Lukaku had another ch- chance or so. Uh, but it was a, all, all a bit of a... Uh, mad sequence really 11 minutes and the Blues find themselves 3-0 up that man again Lukaku some nice little crisp passing and um, it, it, I can't remember who it was who played the last ball I think it might have been Gareth Barry but it was laid back to him and then first time it was, it was laid back to him quite fast first time he just put a, an inch perfect through ball uh, through to Lukaku who confident after his uh, I think it must have been after his two goals last week for Belgium and his two goals already this week one touch and then uh, lays it, just finishes it buries it in the bottom left hand corner so keeper just stood there so Lukaku gets his hat-trick and uh, last week speculating whether he would uh, take his form you know he, he, Mark was saying he was he's, he's a bit of a spree striker he got two goals for Belgium and then after not scoring uh, since March for Everton, he gets three in eleven minutes, so a bit of a mad one. And uh, we we looked like a completely different side in the second half. Just busy, uh, flair, what players wanting the ball, and obviously goals. So I think uh, that's that's the side. I think uh, Jan Kleinberg, the, the the fitness coach, and um, Kuman both came out and said, you know. It, at Everton fans in the form now and he said yes in the second half performance yes but the first half yeah they don't want to see that Everton again and I think we can all agree with that but what we are beginning to see from Koeman in the last couple of games is he takes uh, no prisoners when it comes to just um, making a change early on he's quite ruthless with it and it's about time we had that you know players aren't just getting by uh, you know, waiting, waiting for them to write their own mistakes, like um, like Roberto used to do uh, last year, or waiting till the performances come good. You know, you've got to perform there and then, or you'll be taken off. So, refreshing, like I said last week, refreshing change, and the Blues hold on for a three 0 win. And I hate, again, I put on our Facebook. I thought uh, last last year. I still would have been worried that we would have drawn that game or lost it at 3-0 up but there was no chance of it I think uh, 
we just we just held out. Sunderland didn't really have much to offer. Uh, I think you know their only real threat is Defoe. So uh, you know, and, and we managed to contain him quite well. Ashley Williams played well again. Uh, him and Jags, I think they just. Although I do like uh, Big Foo, I think they just offer well experience. It's obvious to say, really. You know, two two captains in there, and they, they just seem when the ball's coming in, they seem desperate to get rid of it. They just both want to take control um, without getting in each other's way. Uh, so it's yeah really good to see them forming some kind of partnership uh, and again I put on Facebook man of the match you know it's difficult to look past Lukaku with three goals but you know Gay again was just absolutely outstanding just all over the place you know he, he's he had his players to get the ball when he's on the ball he's got a nice touch he played it a sublime ball in for Lukaku's first goal he just he's just outstanding He's got to be one of the siders of the season, uh, and I think uh, he's being noticed from uh, not just by Evertonians anymore. I think Sky is starting to pick up on them already. So, yeah, nice work again. And Gareth Barry played well again. So, nice little, uh, nice little away victory, and the Blues are now undefeated in five games this season. I think we went up to third in the league. So. Uh, Good start, and uh, we want to keep pushing on. Uh, normally, we'd have obviously a little bit of back and forth with me and Mark on this, but we're going to keep things short and sweet today, so it's not just me rabbiting on so long. So, we're going to go to a little bit of Everton news now. News! The main news of this week. I suppose it's less about um, football on the pitch and more about uh, goodwill and well, and, and the bigger picture is about a young lad who is uh, fighting for his life. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard the story of uh, Bradley Lowry, a young Sunderland fan, who 18 months ago um, was diagnosed with cancer and he's, he's managed to fight against the cancer, uh, neuroblastoma, um, but over the past a little while it's it's come back again so they've needed his family have been trying to raise enough funds to go over to America to have a, a treatment uh, antibody treatment so costly uh, treatment uh, and they've been trying to raise 750,000 pounds and this uh, this young lad was masked off for the day I think before the game there was uh, there was kind of an arrangement between you know Sunderland fans and Everton fans jumped on board they were going to start cheering Bradley's name I think it was in the fifth minute and uh, you know the lads was all smiles you know it's it kind of you know it's bigger than football this kind of stuff really it's a young lad fighting for his life and he, he looked like he was having a, you know the time of his life out there you know big, great big smile um, uh, with Jermaine Defoe before the game and seems to be enjoying the game throughout. And then uh, after the game, it came out. I think from the family first, or first of all, that Everton had uh, donated two hundred thousand pounds towards his treatment fund, and the family put this out there and said, "Now 
with the other fundraising that had gone on, you know, people being generous, giving the hard-earned money uh, for this cause, uh, the Everton donation. Uh, she said it was like winning the lottery because it, it pushed them over and gave them the amount of money that they needed. So I, I don't think Everton put this out there straight away. I've seen a few people, you know, always always going to be a few people who like try and put a, try and put a negative spin on things. Uh, saying that Evan is just looking to be the heroes or whatever, you know. I don't think they put this out there. The family put this out there, and then you know it was picked up, and uh, fans from all over the all over the country really have been in touch with Evan, saying what an amazing gesture this was. And of course, I don't, you know, we we know that Evan can do stuff like this, but it's not really about that. It's about this young lad. And his mum said that it, it's not just about the treatment, you know, there's, there's other treatment that needs to go on afterwards. So the fundraising needs to go on, really. And should the treatment be successful and they've not used all the funds, they will donate it to someone else who needs it. So, you know, great gesture as well. Uh, I think this treatment, you know, last time when, when the cancer came, up, came back after rigorous chemotherapy, uh, this is to prevent it coming back again. Uh, so, you know, great gesture from Everton, but more importantly, we just all hope that this lad pulls through, you know, continues to, you know, he have a smile on his face like he did at the match on Monday night and can come through. Okay. Uh, just a, just a, one final note on that. Everton have said they've invited the family to the return match at uh, Goodison when Sunderland, Sunderland come down and they will auction off all the shirts and... They donate donate that to the fund as well. Right. Uh, other than that, there's uh, there's not been that much news this week. Uh, I think the the main kind of fallout from the game. Uh, there's not much, obviously, not much transfer news, anything like that. Nothing on the ground really. Cooman uh, came out after the game and said it doesn't matter what name is on your shirt uh, if you're not performing. You, you you'll you'll be dropped basically, and I think uh, you know that it, it's in reference to Ross Barkley, but I think I think it'll be with uh, with regards to anyone. So I think we haven't got we've got a few players who you know, would normally consider themselves safe, uh, but by the looks of things, if even if performances drop a little bit, then uh, they'll they, they'll they can expect a little spell on the sidelines, and. I keep using this word, but it's so relevant. Refreshing, you know. Players picked on reputation or name all the time. We can't afford to have that. We need players to perform week in, week out. Our squad suddenly hasn't gone suddenly rubbish, uh, you know, due to last season not not having the best of the last season or the season before. But we still have got a relatively small squad when you look at you know the top half of the table and all the cover they've got in different positions so if, if if we haven't got one or two players performing it really shows so really great to see this from Koeman and he just goes from strength to strength each week he just solidifies himself in there more and more and uh, I think anyone who has any doubts about him as Everton manager you know the performances uh, the results first and foremost uh, you know swaying them and then the way he is in interviews, 
uh, and you know the news he puts out there, the statements he puts out there. I think people are all, pretty much all on board now. So great to see. Uh, yeah, so I've not got that much more news. So, but what I did do this week, I spoke to a fellow Evertonian in uh, down in Australia, Jackson. Uh, he asked me to do a little bit of a feature with him on uh, the Merseyside Derby. He's doing a piece in Australia uh, for the ahead of the Derby in December, uh, and asked him in return if he would like just to have a little chat about you know wh why Everton for him. So I'm going to play that now. Well, for me, it was quite simple. I'm going to bring up a name that I'm sure you're all too familiar with, Tim Cahill. Yes, of course. So I started watching football for me, really, in 2006, the World Cup there. Game Kaiser Schlauten against Japan. Now, bear in mind, this was Australia's second appearance at a mm. World Cup ever in our history. And last time we were there, we did not win a game. We did not score a goal. So in 2006, we went into that game. We were 1-0 down. Tim Cahill, I think it was 83rd minute, scored his first goal, brought us level, scored another, got us the win. And just from then on, I decided I'm a football fan. Tim Cahill is my favourite player. Therefore, I follow Everton. Now, to be fair, I didn't sort of really get into that really watching every game, sort of 100% immersing myself into that until probably three or four years ago, like just at the latter end of Moy's career and the latter end of uh, Cahill's career at um, Everton. Um, but that was what really sort of drew me to the club personally. Yeah, as, as the saying goes, um, you know, we don't choose Everton, Everton chooses us, I suppose. You know, with the, mm. likes, the likes of Australian fans, Tim Cahill was a big catalyst in a lot of... Uh, a, a lot, mm. in, in the reason why. And I suppose, you know, in, in America, Tim Howard was a big reason why. He's like... Mm poster boy for um, you know American football and uh, Australian football so yeah that's fair enough reason <clears throat> good good reason as any really uh, so you said you, you said you followed you started following it really like watching every match about four years ago did that kind of coincide with you know coverage becoming uh, more easy to, 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 to get hold of really or uh, were you scouring the internet trying to find uh, well it in Australia, there is a subscription TV service, Fox, Foxtel, and they have bought the rights live to every EPL match broadcast for the last few years. It recently just changed hands to another company called Optus, who are putting them all online, but for as long as I can remember, every uh, English Premier League, League match has been live on television. Uh, you may just have to put a bit of coin to put through it. And also, probably the hardest thing, That's this is why I say all Australian uh, English Premier League supporters are mad, because we have to, uh, at the best of occasions, you're going to be getting up at midnight, one, two, sometimes five in the morning. So it's pretty crazy times, but yeah, it's that's just sort of uh, what we have to do to watch our games. I suppose I, I follow... Um, I, I get the NBA league pass so uh, basketball in America uh, they offer mm. a, a highlights package uh, a couple of hours after the game and then the game in full an hour after the game uh, so it's kind of on demand so I can 
you know, go to bed at a reasonable time and get up early and watch if I wanted to. Is, is that offered there as well? Well, with this new broadcaster Optus, then yes, you have the option of watching it live and then you also have the option of watching replays. But with the um, TV service, uh, Foxtel, which was what was offered previously, um, if you didn't have a recording device, like a set-top box or uh, the like, then, yeah, you would have to get up to watch it live, which, to be honest, a Saturday night, have a few drinks with your mates, sit back and watch the football, it's a pretty good experience the rest of the time. So, with regards to that, watching with your mates, um, many of your other mates follow Everton, or you know, what's what's it compared? To, what's the other clubs, uh, other main clubs in Australia at the moment? Well, I actually, uh, my best friend and me are both Everton supporters. We've bonded over that. Um, probably one of the main reasons why we are best mates. But besides that, Toffee's supporters are pretty few and far between in Australia. Um, they are. It's not a very popular club down here, to be honest, which always surprised me, given the likes of Tim Cahill. Um, the main supported clubs, I'd say, down here would be Liverpool and Manchester United. Those would be the big two, although in recent times you see a bit more variety, a few Chelsea's, a few Tottenham's, and now, even after the last year, there are a few Leicester supporters popping up as well. Okay, what what the Liverpool factor again? You know, I remember in the eighties they had a player called Craig Johnson, and he did a lot for Australian, you know, the Australian football over here, or Australia Australians as footballers over here. Um, so I suppose his name probably led to them being uh, quite popular over there. But Man United is that just because they're a global name? You know, is is that why? Yeah, I think, yeah, Liverpool, uh, definitely Craig Johnson, also Harry Kuehl was another connection there and their sort of success, especially in the 80s. Uh, Manchester United, I think, obviously want to be have been one of the strongest teams in recent times, especially under Alex Ferguson. And I think that they are just amazing at marketing their brand globally. Like, when you see those games at Old Trafford, you see in the crowd just a variety of different looking ethnicities and backgrounds of supporters and I think that sort of they hold appeal to people all over the world in all different countries okie doke right well my my last uh, question for you how do you think we will do this season well I'm excited so far like uh, I was a little bit hesitant after the window closed looking at our squad Um, but the way we've been playing under Komen and I sort of paid a lot of attention to how he was doing at Southampton last year and I like what he does. He's not a person who builds a team around a star player and he's adaptable, which is what I like. Like when Martinez first came in, I liked his game plan. It was something new for Everton and it was it worked for us, but the problem was he didn't have a plan B, he didn't have a plan C. And I feel as though Komen is someone who can adapt to things on the park and will change things if he feels he needs to. So with our team, I, I do worry a little bit about depth-wise and those sort of things. If players go out of form or get injured, how we'll adapt to that. But I'm excited so far. The likes of Lukaku, now he's looking like he may be in better form. 
Goya is my favourite signing that we've made so far. Holgate is looking good as cover as well. And Stecklenburg is one who surprised me and been quite solid between the sticks. So I don't know if we'll be able to hold this position of, um, uh, what are we, third on the table now. But I would definitely feel as though a return to the, do- the top six is a realistic target for us this year. Yeah, good answer. And I, what, um, because we do get all the local coverage and everything like that, it's it's very easy to kind of get caught up in the doom and gloom and think, you know, and not see how good a squad we had under Roberto. It was only through poor management, I think, that we kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. That squad, the, mm. the quality of that squad didn't really go away, did it? And now we've added to it. You know, we cut, I hate to call, you know, like Osman, Pinar and Hibbert dead words, but essentially they weren't going to feature that much. Uh We've added some quality in, so you know, is it that much of a surprise? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, every other club adds adds quality, I suppose, but it's a lot of uh, a lot of unknown names they're adding in. Whereas we've got kind of established names in, already in the squad, who are hopefully finding the form again. So, hoping it like yourself, I'm hoping it can continue, and maybe not, mm. maybe not third. We might not end up a third in a, a third in the league at the end of the season, but you know, getting some pride back in top six at least, I think, uh, I think's a, re- a realistic target. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what we've got to aim for, and I think that Ronald Koeman definitely is one of those managers who he's not going to go into any game with fear. He's always going to go in looking to win that game, and I think that that's something that. Everton really needs because I think it puts confidence back in the players and I think you're absolutely right the squad that we had last year was one of the strongest looking on paper that we've had in a while but I feel as though Martinez lost the dressing room and just didn't instill that confidence into the players and yes there were a few injuries as well and a few unfortunate things but I feel as though he lost that dressing room and lost the confidence and that's what's in the end uh, has really uh, dragged us down the table. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, so there you have our social media links. That's how Jackson got in touch with us in the first place through Twitter. I think he is at jlookd on Twitter. So I'll, I'll, I'll post him into our Twitter anyway once once we uh, put the podcast link out there. So keep an eye out for that. Also, I did mention that this was something that I wanted to do a while ago. Uh, we wanted to try and get people's stories, people on here to talk to us about you know how they discovered Everton or how long they've been Everton fans for you don't have to be from Australia you can be from anywhere you can be from around the corner from us if you want but we want to hear from you why Everton you know what we all love the blues uh, so it's it's people have some interesting stories uh, and memories of the blues so we want to want to share them with other blues around the world okay uh, last bit of business today just this is the bit that Mark normally takes over really uh, he does his, his stato homework, which he's uh, <laughs> sometimes more on fire than not with. Uh, but today we have a game 
and we have got Middlesbrough coming to Goodison. Like I said before, it's 5.30 kickoff, and um, obviously good form at the moment, and we've got to be looking to build on that. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, like I say, Mark's normally the stat on this kind of stuff. I, I, I haven't seen Middlesbrough at all. Um, I don't know what they've got to offer anymore. Uh, you know, they, they brought in Negredo, who I, I still think can do a, a good job. He was on fire for City a couple of seasons ago, kind of got injured and lost his way a little bit. So obviously he's going to be a bit of a danger. Uh, but hopefully, you know, with Williams and Jagielka in there, we've got enough to deal with them. Um, as for us, uh, I just wonder whether Barkley's going to keep his starting say his place in the starting lineup. You know, Kuman wasn't impressed, and, and he came out and said as much this week. He need, he wants more from him, and he's already told him he wants to top his game before uh, last last week's game as well. So I wonder whether he might find a, a place on the bench, but who will come in? Uh, Delafeu obviously came on as sub. Uh, Morales seems to uh, seems to be in favour still. Uh, so. And Balassi, obviously, you know, in the second half last week was uh, was excellent. So I can't see Balassi coming out. I think it's. Too, I think that's just going to be the only change, really. Uh, Delafeu, I thought he looked really bright on Monday when he came on. His uh, his passing wasn't the best. Sometimes I think with Delafeu, his passing can look a little bit. Uh, he can be a little bit blasé. You know, it's a little bit nonchalant, and. Some, if he applies himself all it's like with his finishing when he's going through in one on ones and he'll just try dink here or he'll just you know really half hearted effort sometimes I think he needs to apply it he gets a little bit lazy with things or as I said complacent if he just applies himself throughout and concentrates on every little bit you know concentrates on getting the ball through rather than just you know I, I don't know just little half-hearted tappy passes or back pass type efforts just see it through see the pass through uh, I think that's what's going to be the difference between him um, uh, being you know, a decent player and being a really good player uh, but whether that's going to be enough for him to come into the starting 11 today is, uh, is a tricky one Obviously, I don't think there's any real injury doubts uh, so Baines, Williams, Jagielka Coleman I think uh, will keep his place, uh, and then player of the season so far. Just a guy with one who's not far behind, Gareth Barry, midfield again. Then Balassi Morales, I think, will play on the wings, and then, like I say, I think Barkley is the only only one to um, I think might be dropped. It's difficult though. I think he, you know, he's trying to show faith in Barkley. You know, he made him captain in, in the cup game a few weeks ago and I think this would show you know like a little bit of a warning if you're not performing you will be uh, taken out so maybe you might put him in as, as a last kind of chance or another chance kind of thing uh, but like I say I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's on the bench uh, I wonder whether I'm wondering whether Valencia will be on the bench uh, tonight as well we haven't seen him yet since his deadline day move so um, 
he came out and was saying right thing, uh, the right things in the press this week. You know, it's a, it's, it's a great club to be at. Blah blah blah. All all the usual things that you you expect to hear, but at least he's saying them with us. And uh, you know, some players <laughs> can't even get the club right that they're joining. So it's nice to see, I suppose. But again, it's another attacking option, and I believe he is more of a supporting striker than someone who's likely to challenge Rom. So he, he could be find himself in that number ten position. So be interesting to see when it hits four thirty and the, the squad, the team's announced, who's in that starting eleven. As you all know, I don't like to make predictions. Uh, I'm just hoping that we can keep the good form running uh, and we can keep up that top end of the table. We were third going into into the weekend's games, including the the shite last night against. Uh, Chelsea, I think they went joint second with Chelsea last night, so probably pushed us down a place. Uh, but we can uh, we can go top, I believe, if City lose. So uh, I know it's early days, but always good to see. So uh, let's hope we can push on and get that win. Right, I won't keep you as much longer. Uh, I want to say thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, I'm I always talk about the technical stuff, but on iTunes. If you're listening on a one-off, please subscribe. Please spread the word. We are up and running on Acast Player at the moment, uh, but I'm trying to sort us out so that we they host us. So, but that's all technical stuff. I'm not sure for how much longer we're going to be with Podbean. Uh, and of course, if we get up on Acast, we might be able to get SoundCloud back on the go. So it'll be easier to try and uh, embed the podcast in Facebook, etc. Thanks for the continued support, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And uh, again, thanks for listening. And shortish but sweet. And thanks again to Jackson. And if anyone's got any any blue stories uh, and they want to share on the air with us or why you chose Edwin, get in touch with us and um, we'll try and have you on the podcast. Right, thanks, Blues. Catch you next week.